Welcome to the Lolly Carter NFL Draft Podcast on DK Sports Radio. Another week in the books of the NFL offseason, still in February here, but we're getting closer and closer to NFL free agency, and that's starting to get a better picture of things. And as always, I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly, your hosts on the show. We're going to do something different today. Dale and I have talked a lot about prospects and this guy and that guy. We're going to go through, we went through a simulator. We put in just a a blank first round. None of us made any picks, but we wanted to go through and just say, okay, run it through the simulator and then just evaluate who gets what in the first round to give you a better sense of where some of the projections are for the expectations of who will be available for the Steelers when they come up at 24. Uh, Dale, of course, you wrote a story about, the Steelers trading back and, you know, using that to get some more picks to address depth around the other positions. This, they didn't do that in this simulator Dale, but that's certainly something that they can keep in their back pocket. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, trading back makes a lot of sense, especially this year, especially with the depth at offensive tackle and a relative lack of depth uh, compared to some recent years at running back. You know, if you're a team that's looking for a running back, and, you know, one or two guys are gone or, um, you know, even if they're all available, I, I still think moving back makes sense for this team. Um, you know, it allows you to hit on more uh, positions. And we'll find out a little bit more when the compensatory picks come out as well uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, that'll add some picks to the equation in that as well. But uh, let's get started drafting here. All right, so we're going to go to the first, the top five picks of the draft. Number one for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. I think everyone agrees on that. Number two was Zach Wilson to the Jets, of course, the BYU quarterback. Number three, Panay Sewell, for the, the top offensive tackle from Oregon. He goes to the Dolphins. Number four is Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback to the Atlanta Falcons. And number five, Dale, was a trade up the – Lions traded up from the seventh pick to the fifth. According to this, they gave up. They gave up uh, their their second round pick and a third round pick to, to and they used that to get Devontae Smith to add to their roster. Uh, Dale, in that situation, three quarterbacks are off the board in the first five picks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened in this draft. Yeah, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't Jamar Chase who was the target, right? Get, as opposed to to to, uh, to, to taking uh, one of the two Alabama receivers. I think Chase is clearly the number one receiver in this draft. Yeah, to me, that that's that's something that I uh, – if you had asked me about like a month ago when we, we were seeing we were seeing uh, um, you know, Devontae Smith keep putting up numbers, but the closer I looked at, at, at Chase, I was like, man, this kid's got it out of LSU. And it's funny you say that because the very next pick on this draft board was Jamar Chase at wide receiver going to the Eagles, which I think is a huge need for them. Um, you know, whether it'd be ecstatic if things went that way. Oh my gosh, they they'd be losing their minds. Um, and and it's it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to a friend because they were like, "Oh, we're gonna get Devontae Smith." I'm like, "I, you know, sure, but a Jamar Chase, I don't think anyone would be arguing that at Philly, giving uh, Jalen Hurts somebody to work with that's young and that they can work with over the next four or five years." Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Who do the Bengals then get now at seven? They got Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan, um, which I found kind of interesting because I feel like this is a team that desperately needs to keep addressing its offensive line, and they got an edge rusher. And I personally, I don't well, know. They you- did. I mean, they they actually, you know, moving back and getting that extra second round pick. True. I mean, it, it can uh, it gives them a little more flexibility. I'm not a big pay fan though. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, he's another one of these guys that are coming out that people are going to look at the athleticism as opposed to what he actually did on the football field, which wasn't much. 
I agree. Yeah, it was it was just it, I didn't see enough there. Most of the places where I've been, you know, where I've looked at and compared my notes to, I, I'm not even sure if I have pay going in the top 15. Um, that's just me. But next up was the Panthers. They stayed at their eighth pick and chose Caleb Farley, the first cornerback off the board. Uh, of course, Virginia Tech there. The Broncos then went and got, and I've seen this with a lot of simulators. Almost consistently, every simulator I've seen, uh, I, 75% of the time, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa goes to the Broncos at nine. And I'm just like, why are so many of these machines fixated on that guy going there? But that's where they went there. And then at the finishing out the top 10, the Patriots trading up to uh, with, the, with the Cowboys. The Patriots will give up the 15th pick of this year and a first and second round picks for next year to get Trey Lance at the 10 spot. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm wondering, I do feel like Trey Lance is going to be in a situation where someone trades up to get him. Cause someone's going to make that jump. Um, I, it'd be interesting if the Patriots went and did that this year. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I, when I look at it, I don't see Trey, I don't see the, all the quarterbacks making it past pick eight. I just don't. Right. I, I think the Carolina Panthers are, are, are going to load up and take one this year because Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. Right. I mean, even when they they sign him, like this is a very temporary solution. And kind of, you know, just saying, like we just gotta just hang on this year and do what we can. Um, and they got the eighth overall pick. And and like you said, I I have a hard time seeing. I mean, in this situation, both Lawrence Wilson and Fields are all off the board. Trey sitting right there. I have a hard time seeing them passing up. But that's what this did. The next five picks um, that were interesting here: Jalen Waddle going to the Giants at eleven here. Then you got Kyle Pitts, the first tight end off the board. Though I, I, I keep reading more and more that people are just purely evaluating him as a wide receiver. Yeah, he's not a he's not really a tight end. He's just right. a big a big target. Right, he's a bigger target. But he, the, the plays that he makes downfield is what people are looking for. He went to the uh, the Niners, uh, which you know that's gonna be funny with Kittle. Uh, but uh, then again, you got the Chargers at thirteen. They're the ones that go and get Micah Parsons in this draft. And then Patrick Sertan goes to the Vikings at fourteen. Um, and then the, the the Cowboys get Christian Barrymore, Barrymore, Barmore, thank you, uh, the defensive tackle out of Alabama at 15, and then Christian Derrissaw uh, going off the board at 16 to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. That's a – I honestly I honestly felt like uh, Derrissaw would have gone earlier. I, I feel like he's going to go earlier than 16 in this draft class, Dale. I, I think that too many other teams need to address offensive tackle. Yeah, and he's a natural left tackle too, and that that's going to push him up the boards more so than I think a lot of these mock draft simulators are, are where the, where they're putting him. I think he goes higher than that. Uh, uh, interesting that uh, that you know the Chargers would pass on offensive line, uh, an offensive lineman there. I don't see uh, you know maybe Parsons is just too good to pass up there, but they could use offensive line help as well. Right, and, and that's where in my in my. In my estimations, when I've when I've been looking at pick by pick and, and and looking at team needs, I just see a lot of these teams needing that offensive tackle and, and, and needing to address it somehow. Um, and and like you you know you bring you bring up you bring up a good point with the Bengals. They are in a complete rebuild mode. They're still piecing together all the pieces that they'll need to be competitive when you know when they can get it together for Joe Burrow. So trading back to get more pieces does make sense especially when in that situation it only cost them two two uh selections in the uh in, you know just going down two spots in their in their you know and staying in the top 10 um i just i i look at i look at that parsons pick that's interesting I, one of the things that i thought could work 
you know, make, make the Steelers 24 spot entering interesting is if more of those guys, those defensive players that are top of the line slip down because so many people are focused on quarterback and wide receiver and offensive tackle. Cause to me, there's a lot of teams who I think are going to pick through those positions. And we may see four from each of those groups picked before the Steelers even get to the podium. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the, the flying the ointment, uh, you know, for all the Steeler draft projections, um, you know, tell me who's going to be there. I know, you know, then we'll, then we'll have a conversation, but don't just say, Hey, would they take this guy? Well, I, I need to know who else is available. Right. And, and that's, that's the issue is that we could, we could be sitting here. A lot of people, you know, want them to draft an offensive tackle, want them to draft a running back, want them to draft this guy, that guy. But if one of those top defenders falls down to the board, and I'm not saying that, you know, a Caleb Farley or a, a Michael Parsons or a Patrick Sertz, I'm not saying that those they will fall. Falling, yeah. Right. They're not falling. But if a guy that you're sitting there like, um, I don't know, how often do we get a shot at getting this player of a caliber on defense while just sitting and not, you know, coughing up extra picks to get him? I mean, they gave up multiple picks to go get Devin Bush. That might be enticing to the Steelers. Um, I'm just not sure that I guess what we're all waiting for. And what I think we'll get a better idea of, like you said earlier, is through free agency, what gets addressed and also what do what dead weight do people cut off their teams when they're trying to adjust to this salary cap? We're already seeing teams like the Eagles start to get rid of their older players and saying, OK, we got to make space here, make space here. And then that adjusts their team needs. But then once people start to grab some of those players, what how does that impact the field here you know will there be a, a bigger need for you know for offensive tackle when you know after we get that position will there be a bigger need for for wide receiver will some people say you know what we got rid of you know this running back we're paying money right now uh let's go let's go and draft a running back and move up there i think that could definitely change the landscape of what we're expecting to fall down to the steelers at 24 i i really think the fifth year option uh, changing the fifth-year option status is going to affect this draft, and I, I think maybe even the running back position more than people are realizing. Um, you know that that fifth-year, uh, the, the first-round draft picks all have a fifth-year option uh, when when they're signed, and if you're if you're drafted after the first round, you get a, a you know just the first regular four-year contract. That fifth-year option now starting this year becomes fully guaranteed as soon as it's picked up. Uh, you know, it used to be it wasn't guaranteed until the next season. Um, well, now it's guaranteed. So if you pick up, for example, the Steelers are going to have that option with both Minka Fitzpatrick and, and Terrell Edmonds this year. If that's picked up, it becomes fully guaranteed. And it's also the average, if, it, if the guy's a Pro Bowl player, if he's made a Pro Bowl, becomes the average of the top five players at his position. If, it's, if he hasn't made a Pro Bowl, it's the average of the top 10 players at his position. So essentially, it's the franchise tag or the transition tag. And to me, if you're going to take a running back in the first round, um, you know, now that fifth year with that guy becomes very expensive. Yeah. So I wonder if that affects how teams uh, see these running backs and maybe how they draft these running backs this year. Do you think we're going to see a bunch of teams – franchise tag and transition tag this year with the money situation because last year i think it was like 20 different teams you used it i i could see less there were 14 guys who were franchise tag last year okay um i don't know that it's going to be quite as high because teams just aren't going to have the cash available to do to use it okay that, that that's that's where i'm on, on the same board i just i i looked at this and i saw and i see like man like a lot of these teams are going to be 
cutting down on cutting down on their salary cap right now to get under this this lowered cap and then other teams they're going to try and be taking advantage of the players that are out there in free agency so i could definitely see that being an issue we've still got another half of this draft class to go or this this uh, this first round mock to go as we evaluate these simulators picks we're going to take a quick break when we come back listen to that second half and more talking points from who the steelers pick and who other teams around them are picking right after this Back here on the Lolly Carter NFL Draft Show here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Dale, going into the second half, um, first pick is going to the Raiders. They picked up J.C. Horn. Another interesting pick there with them going in the cornerback's position and the third cornerback off the board. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I, I still have J.C. Horn being a, a late first to early second type of cornerback. But, hey, you know, some people see it differently there. Um, and then the following picks, the next five, were J.C. Horn, Gregory Rousseau off of, out of the edge rusher out of Miami goes to stay stays in Miami going to the Dolphins at 18 and then at 19 Washington picks up their running back Najee Harris uh so that's the first running back of the board off the board here and then the Bears address offensive line getting uh the tackle Elijah Vera Tucker from USC uh the Colts boost their line uh you know they had Quentin Nelson already they go and get Alex Leatherwood the tackle out of Alabama at 21 then at 22 uh you got Rashad Bateman uh, the wide receiver from Minnesota going off the board to the Titans who just cut Adam Humphreys. Yeah, an interesting assortment of picks there. Um, you know, again, another edge rusher, but that's, you know, Washington getting their running back in, in there already. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Right. I'm just, I'm trying to calculate where does this go? They just took Gibson last year. He looks like a good young running back. Right. I, don't, I, don't know. I mean, I, I get it. Teams like to have two. Uh, but I, I don't see using a high draft pick on Najee Harris when they, when they use, I mean, I could see a wide receiver there, right? but, but not, not another running back. Like that would, that would be an interesting place for Rashad Bateman to go. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the, that's why I, I, that's why I kind of read that like Najee Harris, <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Okay, fine. I guess you're just going to ground and pound everybody, but um but yeah, Barrett, Barrett Tucker, you know, some versatility to, to the offensive line. Cause he's moved around a bit. Uh, Leatherwood, I, I, we, you and I have talked about Alex Leatherwood a few times. If he goes before the Steelers pick, that's going to be really interesting, man, because he, you know, during the season, when you look at Alabama's offensive line, you see, you see how, you know, how well they played as a group. You're excited for Alex Leatherwood, but then when you evaluate him on solo and just look at his tape and then look at, he played in the senior bowl, he dropped way down my list from being a guy. Cause for, you know, for the first, I'd say like, you know, a few months of college football when I was watching and I saw Alabama start to play, I was like, Oh man, like, you know, get one of these guys for the Steelers and that's going to work out. But Leatherwood, I don't know if that, if 21's the real fit there. Yeah. I think that's way over drafting him. I, I think what happens with the Alabama offensive linemen is that when you have five NFL and they're all, they're all NFL players, five NFL offensive linemen playing against a bunch of college players, they look dominant. Yeah. But when you stand them on their own, well, they're not quite as, as good as some of these other guys that you look at. And, uh, you know, is, is Rashawn Slater gone yet? <laughs> We're getting to that, Dale. 
We're getting to that. <laughs> Sean Slater is going ahead of some of these guys that have been, that have been taken. Uh, well, Sorry, that's just I mean, I mean, that's ridiculous that he hasn't been taken. That I'm on the same page as you when I saw this. So get this, because the next two picks are the Jets and the Steelers. The Jets, they go offensive tackle, but they skip over Slater. They get Samuel Cosby, who I keep seeing getting mocked to the Steelers by so many people. And then the Steelers go and get Rashawn Slater, according to this. If the Steelers did this, they uh, Pittsburgh should like jump around and run, have a parade because Rashawn Slater to me ain't making it out of the top 15, in my opinion. Uh, but John Slater can play anywhere on your offensive line. Exactly. He's undersized. He's 6'4", he's 315 pounds. But he's got the feet to play offensive tackle. Uh, he's got the smarts. You can, you can even, uh, some, some teams have even evaluated him as a center. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things you could do with him. And I think the Steelers would be ecstatic if that happened. My goodness, that's a sprint to the podium moment if Rashawn Slater falls to the Steelers at 24. Like, not even having to trade up, because Rashawn Slater's the guy like, I think that they'd have to trade up to get in, yeah. in all reality. I mean, this draft has gone off the rails. <laughs> okay, wait, but it's, it's going to get crazy, because now what we finished you, something. What, 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 who, what uh, site did you use for this? Th- this was profootballnetwork.com. The problem with other ones, like, I did the draft network, and then there was just like so many trades and I'm like, wait a minute. I, I can't, we can't keep up with all the trades. Yeah. Um, one that I have the biggest problem with that people use is the pro football focus one. Yeah. I can't so mess with PFF. Their rankings and their rankings are ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard one, I saw one today where somebody used their theirs and they didn't even have Trevor Lawrence going number one. Jeez. Once that happens, your, your draft is completely shot. Yeah. I mean, He's going to go number one. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough for me because like there are because there's some draft models like they don't have Elijah like like on the draft network they don't have Elijah Vera Tucker ranked as an offensive tackle they have him ranked as a guard and so Which then I think what he will be I mean he's right six four he's three hundred pounds um, he's going he's going to have to get kicked inside the guard right but, but I think it's interesting but then when you compare that to say pro football network that has him as an offensive tackle you know what i'm not a you, you and i we're not algorithm guys we're not the nerds that, that, that figure this stuff out but that so i have to think that that's going to change that would change whatever this computer is reading to get some of these players where they are uh but again rashawn slater going to 24 like i've seen some wild mock drafts where you see you know like i've seen patrick sertan fall that far i'm like that's never happening there's there's too many teams that need a top cornerback um and then finishing out this draft, before we keep co- commenting on it, um, the Jaguars at 25 get Travis Etienne, um, which James Robinson's there. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, you're, you're, get, you're bringing the two Clemson guys uh, there. Then the, uh, the Chargers traded up for, for the Browns. They get Tevin Jenkins. That, that's their offensive tackle, I guess, in this draft. Um, and they gave up a second-round pick and then a second and third next year to the Browns. Um, the – the Ravens get Nick Bolton, the linebacker out of Missouri at 27. Uh, the, the Saints get Trevon Morig out of the safety out of TSU at 28. The Packers get if Ifiato Melifonwu, the cornerback out of Syracuse. The Bills, Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher from Georgia at 30. And then the draft rounds out with the Chiefs getting Jalen Mayfield at offensive tackle at 31. And the Buccaneers getting Joseph Asai, the edge rusher from Texas. I know I just threw a lot at you there, Dale, but – there's a few of these that I'm just like, yeah, but then like I can I can see the Packers going back and getting another cornerback um, because the, they didn't like the way I think Kevin King, you know, the way his his time at, at Green Bay came to an end and he's hitting free agency. But the Jaguars doubling up on Clemson guys 
in the first round, that would be interesting to say the least. Well, here's the thing about ATN. Um, I don't think he's an every down back. Right. At the NFL level. I think he's a guy that you want to use kind of like Alvin Kamara, where, you know, if he gets, uh, I, I don't know that if he, if he's a, you know, somebody that you want to give the ball to carrying the football 200 or more times in a season. So, you know, you could use that second back. He, yes, he catches the ball pretty well. Um, you know, you could use him in that kind of role as a rotational guy. Uh, it's one of the reasons why, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I don't have, I don't have him as one of my, as my second back. I have Javante Williams as my second running back in this mm -hmm. draft because I think Williams is an every down back. And I just have that question about ATN if he's that kind of guy. I agree. And, and again, you know, we've seen, we've seen Williams, he can run in between the tackles. He can, he can run through contact. Um, he has very good vision. He can help you and, and he can catch the ball. Uh, Cause that's one thing that some people might say, well, Travis Etienne, he gives you that Kamara factor by, he can be, you know, a, an athletic receiving type of guy. But I, I look at Javante Williams and see a guy like that's if the Steelers could find some way to grab him in round two, I, that would be such a win for this team, especially if they hit on that first pick with a, with a premier offensive tackle out of, out of this group. I do think well, they'll I'm have not a opposed to taking him at 24. You're not, you're not, you think, you think uh, Javante Williams at first round 24, 24th overall. I'm not opposed to doing it because I think, hmm. you know, I think if you put a list together of guys, it, it, put it this way, and this is what the Steelers will do is they'll put down 24 guys who they would draft with that 20, with that 24th pick. And you can cross off some, some of those guys you can just automatically take off that list. Like, I don't see them taking Christian Barmore. I don't right. see them taking uh, – uh, uh, let me think of who else. Uh, the edge guys. You can take you can right. take the edge guys off the list. Like, Quiddy Pay would not be on my list. So once you start eliminating those guys, um, you know, I don't know that they would take a, you know, a receiver. Right. I don't know if Rashad Bateman would interest him. Now, maybe a Devontae Smith would interest him just because of the <laughs> but he's not going to be there. Right. You know, so it, once you start eliminating some of those other positions, um, you know, it, I think, you, you know, when you look at it, all of a sudden you have Javante Williams rated right there with some of those others, uh, some of those offensive tackles. So it comes down to, do you take the offensive tackle? Or do you take Javante Williams? You know, a guy like Gregory Russo doesn't fit into the Steelers defense. No. Six, five, two sixty. He's a, he's a four, three end. So when you eliminate guys like that, then all of a sudden Javante Williams is in your conversation now as one of your top 24 picks. Agreed. I, I do agree. That, that could be very interesting there. And again, you're looking, you were also looking at the, uh, at, at off at the offensive tackle position. We're assuming, you know, Penny Sewell top five pick Christian Darisaw. I don't think he falls even as far as he did in this draft. Uh, Rashawn Slater, like Dale, I, I think that he stays up there there to me. They're in the, I think Elijah Vera Tucker gets picked because of his versatility before the Steelers come up. Yeah, I, I think he's a guard, and therefore I don't know that the Steelers would take a guard at 24 over right. over the running back. Right. And the, the guys that, to me, in the realistic realm of things, that, that of the offensive tackles who I would select if they're around are Jalen Mayfield and Dylan Radins. Um, and, you know, those are th – those would I'd be, I'd be happy if I'm the Steelers if I got one of those guys, but yeah, – I, I wouldn't take Radins in the first round. You wouldn't I, take Radins in the first? Nope. Interesting. Guy. Small okay. school guy. He's got. He's going to make a, uh, a big jump up. I just. I just don't see it. Um, again, I, I would. I would have. I would have the running back rated ahead of him. That's what about Jalen Mayfield? Because he was your guy that the Steelers traded back to get in the in your mock draft that released on Friday. 
I, I would be, I would lean more towards taking him as, as, you know, over a guy like Williams, but again, it's close. I would definitely, I would think about taking Williams there. Uh, uh, okay. It just depends on what you think that tackle depth is going to look like in the second round. Uh, right. If you think you can get the, one of those guys in the second or third round that put it this way, uh, you know, some of these offensive tackles like a Dylan Raddins isn't going to come in and start for you in year one. He's just not. He, uh, he got too big of a jump to make. And maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he surprises. But I think if, when you look at it, uh, which one is going to help you more out of the out of the gate? I, I think it's probably Javante Williams, and I think that's something that you have to weigh in that situation. Very interesting stuff there. And you're right because the, at the offensive tackle, like I I keep seeing. Like when I, because I did a few of these different mocks to get them out of the way and 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 threw away some really bad ones. But there's a lot of people who keep having Samuel Cosby going to the Steelers at 24. Cosby to me is is one of those second round tackles where I look at him, a Jackson Carmen, a Liam Eichenberg. Um, you know, I, I see Tevin Jenkins jumping up in the first one. But those are the guys that I, I'm with you. If this, if they, if one of those guys is around in the second round and you've already gotten your Williams or your Harris. That's where that's where I'm like, okay, now I'm comfortable with that. And then in the third round, you can look around and say, okay, who's available at center because you still need to address that. And like you've been you've been tooting this train for for a while. That'd be a, a great spot to get a Quinn Miners. Yeah, and you know what, I, I think the Steelers could could actually sign a veteran center. Um, and if you so if you don't get one in this draft, it's not the end of the world. Or if you take a, a you know just a, a guy who's you know, going to be your, your rotational guy inside uh, center guard. Um, I don't know that you necessarily go get your center quote unquote center of the future this year. I think you can wait if you, if you sign a veteran guy uh, and therefore, you know, draft an inside linebacker or something like that in that third round. So there's a lot that, that needs to happen here. We'll see what happens with, uh, with free agency, but uh, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. There absolutely are. And there's so many different ways that we are going to evaluate this because there's a lot of different things to factor in, whether, you know, it's trading back or what other teams do might to trade to work around the Steelers, anticipating for the for, for who they might pick a lot of different things to evaluate. We will continue to do so right here on the Lolly Carter NFL draft podcast on DK sports radio, as well as in our writings on DK Check us out there. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Um, don't forget to subscribe to DK sports radio. If you haven't already, we're on Amazon, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. That's where we're at. Please leave us a five-star view with a positive comment. Those stuff, that stuff really helps out the network. Stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff coming your way this weekend. We got some, we have some more Penn State talk with Jared Pruger coming. And then of course, we've got our daily shots coming back on Monday as we get back into the regular work week. Till then, have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs>